When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got plenty of football to talk about as well as some basketball to start. We're going to talk about the first commit to the 2023 class, an inside linebacker from uh, local here in Illinois, uh, just south of the Wisconsin border. We pick up the first commitment of that group, which is always fun to see. After that, we'll talk about, of course, the hiring and official hiring of Bobby Ingram. Kind of talk about what that might bring to the offense, what it means now that that position has officially been filled by him, what the offense might look like under um, him and Paul Christ, and just kind of get into all the situations because we've talked a lot about the possibilities of Bobby Ingram, but now that it's official, it's kind of time to kind of look at more of what the offense might, what might, what it might kind of look like under him. After that, we'll uh, we'll talk about some other football news, and then we'll, of course, get into some basketball stuff. We've got a big recap in the Minnesota-Wisconsin game, a little bit of a tight contest, some things to take away from that game, and then uh, look at before the Badgers get ready for Illinois on Wednesday. So a nice win for them, but certainly some takeaways that you could get into. Should be a fun and full episode. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to talk about uh, all of this stuff. It's a, it's a big time. I know everyone's kind of waiting on bated breath still with the quarterback situation, but uh, we'll, for now, the first pillar of the offseason news has kind of been uh, knocked down, so I'm excited to kind of talk about what the offense might look like uh, with Bobby Ingram now, part of that and, and at the helm of that offensive coordinator position. But before we do that, let's talk about Tyler Jancy, the first commit in the 2023 class for Wisconsin football. Now he'll be able to put his recruitment hat on and try to get some other players in there. Um, personally, I think he's a really impressive player. You know, inside linebacker can do a lot of different things. Uh, from what kind of sneaky, not sneaky athletic, but I think looks like a very athletic player. Uh, I know had maybe the, in terms of the offer list, not super impressive. Like there's there's teams in the mix, but I think Wisconsin maybe have stumbled upon a guy that they think could. Maybe it'd be a diamond in the rough, a guy that isn't super highly recruited by a lot of other big schools, but could maybe jump up and be a much more impressive player at the collegiate level. So what do you make of him and, and that first commitment of the 2023 class? Yeah, I think anybody who really follows Wisconsin recruiting kind of knew that this was possibly the guy who was going to pop first, um, just based off of uh, how the Badgers were recruiting him. They were, they've been after him for a while. Uh, he, he came in camped last summer and really put on a show that they really enjoyed, um, throughout the offer. He came and visited a bunch this fall. So he's just an instinctual linebacker. You can see that he, he does a good job of reading, reacting, uh, strafing. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing that he brings is speed. Um, he, he's, he's not the biggest kid at about 6'1, 225, 
but you, you look at um, how he can run on film, uh, similar to like a guy like Aiden Vaughn, where it's like he can move really well for a guy his size. Um, like you mentioned, the offers uh, aren't crazy uh, at this point, but I think if he would have let his recruitment go on, it was only going to get, um, you know, more competitive. Right now, though, I, I think Wisconsin found a guy that they, they trusted their evaluation with. I think Iowa was probably going to be offering this kid here soon, too. But um, overall, th- this is a, a good start to your recruiting class at, at a position where you, you've really kind of stockpiled guys. Um, but um, J- Jancy's got an older brother who plays at Northwestern. Um, if if uh, he can kind of go on and, and show out the way he did in high school, I think the Badgers found a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with instinctual. I mean, you look at his highlight tape, he's kind of a guy that is just always around the football. And at the high school level, that's that's great to see. You know, a guy that just is, is around the ball, making plays in the right place at the right time. You know, Wisconsin's had such a, you know, a good few years of, of players that come in like that. You know, a three-star kid, you know, develops and gets better. And next thing you know, he's on the field contributing at a high level. And you can't guarantee that with every sort of player. I mean, some of them hit, some, some of them miss. But I think this is a situation where they look at a guy like him and think, okay, you've got to trust, like you mentioned, trust the evaluation. Trust that he's going to be a guy that you think he can pick up and, and lock it down early. Like you mentioned, his recruitment certainly could have been a situation where it continues to grow and stockpiles some offers. But now, at least for him, he can relax. He's got all that commitment and commitment decided, which I'm sure is a big relief to him, and, and focus in on the end of his high school career. And Wisconsin can kind of pat themselves on the back that they've got this 2023 class rolling because it's a good start. It's a, it's a piece that, you know, it's not going to top the class by any means but it's a guy that you can really build on as a foundation to fill out a good class. I mean, Wisconsin for the last few years, yeah, you've had, you know, the four-star, the five-star guys, that's great, but you got to have some of these three-star kids that fill out the rest of the class and kind of a foundational piece. And I think that's what they've got here in Tyler Jansen. I think he's got an opportunity to be uh, a nice player at the next level and depending on, you know, how he grows and develops. But everything, at least right now, I think he checks a lot of boxes for what Wisconsin football is looking for. Absolutely. All right, up next, well, let's go ahead and get into Bobby Ingram. So, of course, we've talked about it, what seems like, what, the last three weeks now, um, kind of hinting at, you know, Bobby Ingram was likely, the, you know, the leader in the clubhouse. You know, we first kind of talked about it. You brought it up as a possible name before really the name started trickling out, worked into, okay, he's the leader in the clubhouse. He's the guy that Wisconsin wants, working out some deals. And according to multiple reports, that – a contract is now official. Ben signed, and he is the guy for the offensive coordinator position. So it's it's been a fun kind of thing to follow. He's, of course, you know, everyone's kind of familiar with his career now. I know we went through it a couple episodes ago. Very highly touted um, collegiate player on the Blitnikoff at Penn State. Played for uh, quite a few seasons with Seattle and Chicago in the NFL and then went right into the coaching ranks and spent most of his time with the Baltimore Ravens. I think now what people are going to start to be interested in is what the offense might look like, what sort of wrinkles he might bring into the offense, how it's going to change, how it's going to stay the same. So when you kind of look at Bobby Ingram now as the offensive creator, now we don't know if he's going to be the guy that calls plays, if he's just there as for someone for Paul Chris to work with and in terms of bounce ideas off of. But in terms of the offense, what do you think Bobby Ingram can bring to Wisconsin um, versus what they've had over the last few years? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still, uh, I still believe that Paul Chris is going to probably be calling plays early on here in Bobby Ingram's, um, career with, with the Badgers. But I do think that what he can do is he can bring some frameworks, um, some different series 
and, and, and maybe some, some tweaks to the Wisconsin offense that he can bring from what Greg Roman was doing with, with the Ravens. Um, you, you look at it and the Ravens do a lot of things like Wisconsin. They want to run the ball. They're a run heavy team. Um, but they also really do a good job with play action. Um, and one thing that's a little bit different with what the Ravens do is they're kind of like a series offense, meaning that they build out, okay, well, here is about five different plays that we could do off of this one look. Um, and based off of what the defense is doing, we can, we can, uh, kind of use deception to kind of take advantage of that. Um, so you're gonna, still going to see a lot of counters, a lot of power, um, in the run game, which, which will also make sense because you're going to probably have Bo, Bob Bostead be your run game coordinator. Like not a lot's going to change on the, in the running department unless they were to bring in Caleb Williams, which I know is kind of <laughs> floating rumors back and forth all <laughs> over the world right now, but, um, unless they bring in a uh, quarterback who's going to bring a little bit more in the run game, you're going to see similar things to what we have seen in, in the run game. But you might see maybe a little bit more shotgun, um, a little bit more pistol. But really, I think it's going to be fairly similar. But what you will see is um, at least this is these are things Greg Roman did, right? Like it's it's not necessarily what Bobby Ingram did because while well, he was involved with with putting together offense, uh, he he uh, wasn't necessarily calling the plays. But you saw a lot of motion similar to what Wisconsin does, including jet motion. Um, you'll, you'll see, you'll bat, you'll see bash, bash sweeps, uh, counters. Uh, but, but really it's, it's a threat inside with the run, a threat outside with the run that the quarterback is able to kind of make decisions both pre-snap and after the snap. Um, and, and then play action. That was the big thing. And that's a big reason why Mark Andrews, who's the tight end that, um, Bobby Ingram has, has had a, a big hand in kind of grooming ha- has done so well is, is that, they have Lamar Jackson, who is a very talented quarterback, but at the same time, they, the threat of the run, they use that well to create play action and, and use mism- mismatches um, outside to, to do that. So I think you're going to see a lot of different formations, shifts, motions, um, similar to what Wisconsin has done in the past, but I do think that there's going to be even more placed on play action. And, and we saw that that's actually when, Gra- when Graham Mertz was at his best. So assuming he is the quarterback, Graham Mertz threw the ball better when we when he was doing so off play action. Um, so I think that's a, a nice marriage if that's kind of where things are trending for the Badgers. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it is a situation where you, you're going to look at it, and and the run game is going to still be the focal point, uh, of course. That would have been the thing with any offense coordinator. Um, but you're going to look at it and say Braylon Allen's still your feature piece, probably. You know, whether it's Graham Mertz or whether it ends up being Caleb Williams. Braylon Allen's still going to be the guy that your offense is going to run through. So assuming it is, you know, at least right now, Graham Birch is the quarterback on the roster. And I think even in a situation where they're they're working off of the run game, like you mentioned, that that really progresses well for Graham Mertz. He he did his best going off those plays. So if they can bring those wrinkles in, bring some of those motions back in with this, um, you know, with Bobby Graham, like you mentioned, he wasn't the guy calling the plays in Baltimore, but he's been around that system for long enough and, and, and I think can bring in some new things to adapt at least the passing game. Well, I, I don't think the running game will change all that much. I think it'll be a very similar look to what we've seen and, and maybe get back to um, the days where, you know, Bob Bosted was on the offensive line and they were doing a little bit, they did a little bit different there in terms of more motion. Um, and you, you of course had some pretty dynamic running backs there and, and Braylon Allen will certainly fit that mold. So it could be back to that. I'm more interested to see, what it looks like in the passing game off of the play action, you know, of course, Ingram wide receivers coach, tight end coach. It'd be nice to see him bring some, some new passing concepts that will get some guys open. I think in the past few years, Wisconsin's passing game and, 
and the route tree and everything that they've had kind of worked in there has gotten a little stale. And, and I think other teams have kind of caught on to what they like to do in the passing game. So some fresh ideas there would would certainly help. And now part of that's going to be the wide receiver group that you've got. I think they've got a good enough and athletic enough group coming in this year that you can look at this group and say, okay, we can find a ways to get these guys open and get the, the football in their hands. So I'm really excited to see what the play action looks like, what the passing game looks like, because I think that will be where the biggest change kind of happens for this group is is in that passing game off the play action and, and, and trying to throw the ball down the field. Yeah, and and I think one nice thing about Bobby Ingram's experience is he's done it at the college level, he's done it as a player, he's done it at the NFL level as a player, and he's he's coached at both levels as well. So he's he's bringing a ton of experience. He has seen things. He um both both through playing it and and uh, coaching it. But I think having experience with a, a guy like Roman who who is well respected in in uh, the NFL circles, I think he has a huge playbook. Like that's one thing that Greg Roman is known for is he has just a gigantic playbook, um, which if Bobby Ingram is able to, to take pieces of that and bring it into what Wisconsin does, I think it would, it would be a nice marriage. Um, I, I think we, we have both talked about that there were times that the passing game was very predictable. Mm-hmm. It was, it was slants. It was, um, deep outs. It, we just didn't see a lot of creativity in the passing game this past year. Um, a couple times when they did, we saw big plays, um, whether they were hit or not. Uh, but, but I do think that we're going to see an emphasis on the offensive line, on the tight end room, um, and, and, and trying to use play action to get guys open. And, and I think that that's, that's what Wisconsin's offense has been. But I think that it might look a little bit different at times in how they go about getting to that that location, how it gets to that play action pass might look a little bit different than what we're used to. But but really, I think there's going to be a lot of things that are the same. This is still Paul Christine. I, I just I don't think it's going to um, zig too far away from what he wants. But I do hope to see that Wisconsin it gets their tight ends a little bit more involved in pass game. I thought Jake Ferguson. It would have been nice to get him mm-hmm. a little open a little bit more. Um, and really, I just think back to the days when they had like Abby and Wisconsin would go ahead and scheme open wide receivers at times. And, and Aberderis was obviously tremendously fast, a, a great route runner, but you, you didn't see quite as many route combinations going on this past year at times. I thought now I don't, I'm not privy to all 22 all the time, but, but you, you can tell though that you saw sometimes where it was the same basic route combinations going on. And and teams know that. Like teams can figure that out pretty quick. So I'm hoping that there's an infusion of, of some new ideas, specifically in the wide receiver tight end uh rooms and, and how they can get those guys the ball and, and in creative ways because Braylon Allen's gonna be Braylon Allen, assuming he's healthy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that uh, you know, the foundation of this offense will still be very much the same and, and that's that's what it's gonna be for Wisconsin football, whoever's at the helm and whoever's running. Um, and it added up the ship, but I think some added wrinkles, especially in the passing game, um, could really work some wonders for this team. You, you felt good about the way you ran the ball for most of this past season, but the last few years that the passing game just hasn't been up to what you want it to be. And I think Bobby Ingram can come in and, and like you mentioned, scheme, scheme open wideouts, figure out, you know, route combinations as you watch the film of, of where the tendencies of an opposing defense, um, you know, kind of look and, and what they try to do. So, I think the Badgers have a, a really good opportunity here to to revitalize that passing game and, and that portion of it. And I think that will be the exciting thing that you'll watch for is, 
if you come out next year and, and you're seeing some passing plays hit, I think you'll see that things are really starting to work because Braylon Allen's going to be, if he's anything like he was last year, you're going to feel comfortable about with the way you're running the ball. I think Bob Bo said that offensive line should get a nice boost. You've got plenty of talent in there. And with him kind of taking over the run game coordination, that's you feel good about. If you can scheme up some additional passing plays to kind of bring it up to uh, the year 2022 with, with some updated schemes, some updated concepts, and getting some guys open, this offense could really take a nice boost. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's nice to see that that's finally, again, finalized. I know we've talked about Bobby Ingram for, I think, each episode for the last three weeks. But now that it's finally there, you can start to see what might change for this offense. And I think it's a really exciting time for Wisconsin football. Yeah, I, I, I any hire, I'm going to go into it and say it's a good hire because the people making decisions know way more than me. Um, but um, I, I think looking at it, they needed to do something to, to get this passing game going. Um, and to be honest, it really can't be any worse than what we saw last year. So I would think that there, we're going to see a, a better passing game. And I think especially leaning on play action, taking advantage of hopefully an improved offensive line and uh, an 18-year-old Braylon Allen on Wisconsin is going to be in good shape. Yeah, we'll see how the 18-year-old Braylon Allen compares to the 17-year-old one. That 17-year-old Braylon Allen is pretty good. But, yeah, it should be an exciting time for Wisconsin football to see what they uh, can bring to the table under Bobby Ingram and this hopefully uh, some new looks in that offense. All right, before we wrap up the football talk, guys, we're going to talk to you guys uh, about the depth chart that we've been doing for the last few weeks. Uh, we've worked through pretty much every defensive position other than the defensive line, so we'll finish up the defensive side of the ball, and then we'll move into the offense later in the week and into the next couple weeks. Uh, defensive line, as we look back, I think coming into this year, you had a situation where if there was one position on the defense that you were maybe preseason hoping and, and wondering what you were going to get from that group versus – you know, some of the other positions you felt good about Sanborn and Chanel, you felt good about the secondary. Defensive line was maybe a spot where you came into the season, you had names that you were looking for, but you were also maybe wondering what you're going to get from the other side. And I think this group completely outplayed their preseason expectations. Yeah, I think Matt Henningsen was excellent. Keanu Benton was great, but Isaiah Mullins, you know, really played well throughout the course of the season. And all of a sudden you saw this defensive line was kind of a force. Uh, to be reckoned with and, and take note of with those guys up front. So what did you overall make of this past season and, and what they had up front on the defense? I think the biggest difference between this past year and, and really the, the, a couple of years um, leading into it was, was depth. Wisconsin had guys that they could trust behind Henningsen, Benton, Mullins, who I think were really strong starting three. Um, now, Wisconsin a lot of times does do two down linemen, um, with their defensive line, in which case it was Henningsen or Benton or Mullins and Benton or Mullins and Bryson Williams, who actually was at the basketball game uh, on Sunday. But um, looking at it, I think Wisconsin did a good job of of bringing in Kalaji. I thought he he just is a, a great person mm-hmm. if you've ever had the chance to talk to him. But I, I thought he really kind of helped this group kind of come along. You saw guys like Rodas Johnson, James Thompson Jr., get more involved as well and, and earn trust and make plays. So I think overall, this was a, a tremendous year for that defensive line. I mean, there's a reason that teams weren't able to run the ball on, on Wisconsin's defense. And, and yes, they had talented inside linebackers in Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel, but an, any inside linebacker in a three fours uh, best friend is, is the guy right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that was Keanu Benton. I thought he played phenomenal. 
Um, Matt Henningsen, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to um, surprise folks at the, the combine and will end up getting drafted. I just, I think you look at the tape and he did a lot of really nice things since his sophomore year. Um, in, in 2020, he, he dealt with the injury, but, but this past year, he, he did some really nice things, um, played really well. And I think that Wisconsin has built a nice foundation going forward that they can use um, guys behind them to fill in right away. Like Matt Henningsen with his five and a half tackles for loss and three sacks this past year to go with 33 tackles was really, really amazing. Like that was a great year. Keanu Benton, same thing, um, five tackles for loss, two and a half. Um, sacks, but but I I'm excited for a guy like Rodas Johnson even. Um and and like you mentioned Isaiah Mullins Isaiah Mullins another year to develop he he's been a guy that it took a couple of years but then it just kind of clicked um and you see him you have you have two guys going into next year and I mean you had it this past year that Benton and Mullins next to each other six four about three hundred pounds each that's a really good um. Uh, tandem to throw in there when you got two down linemen. I mean, that's basically having two um, defensive tackles. So I think Wisconsin's in a good spot going into next year. And I, I think a, a lot of credit goes to Ross Kalaji to kind of reshape this group um, and and uh, build some depth at this position because Wisconsin doesn't usually have a ton of different guys. It's not that long ago where we saw offensive linemen like Caden Johnson switching over to give them some depth and, and walk on redshirt or uh, true freshman, like or uh, redshirt freshman, I guess at the time, Matt Henningsen being plugged into play, probably a little ahead of a schedule. So I think that it, it's been nice to see the progression from that group. Definitely this past year. Yeah. Kalaji, he deserves a lot of credit to, to what this group brought this past season. You know, he was a guy coming in and, you know, uh, previous strength and conditioning coach. You wondered how that transition would work. And, and I think, there was a slam dunk home run um, for him to move over there. I think this room got uh, a lot better, got more physical. And and if you ever you've seen him at practice, you could you could tell that um, he's very well respected, and, and that group really listens to it, and he tries to get the most out of his players. And, and yeah, this past year, you know, when you have a, a guy like Keanu Benton to build on foundationally, that's a great start. But the other guys, and, and Henningsen and Mullins, played really well, and. Um, you know, I think we'll look back at Matt Heddingson's career as kind of a guy that was, again, I know we've talked about it before, but severely underrated for what he did for Wisconsin football. And I'm excited to see what he can do at the next level. But going into next year, you're still going to have that foundational piece in Benton, which is huge. I think if that's a, it's a completely different conversation if a guy like him isn't going to be in there, but thankfully he is. That'll be an anchor for your defense once again. And then you've got. You know, you've got Mullins around him, who I think would come in as as one of your defensive ends. And then if you're playing two down, those are likely the guys you go with. But in the other side, if you're if you're playing three, Rose Johnson certainly a guy that's in the mix. There, there, there's a lot of other names. James Thompson Jr. I think is a guy that could really develop into something, and we've seen a little bit of him already. You still got the transfer from Oregon and Isaac Townsend, Gio Pias, Caden McDonald's a guy that we we've, we've always been very interested in keeping on the eye of his development, just because he's kind of that that 6-6 frame that can really develop into something. So I'm excited to see what else they can get from some of these guys behind them that maybe aren't the the main names that you look to, but that could certainly fill into that third defensive lineman role because I think you've got two pretty established ones going into spring, but if you're playing three down, that other defensive end spot is going to be a spot to really keep an eye on. Yeah, I think, like I said, the depth that has been built there and the fact that Benton's back, you got Mullins back. It, you, you've got everything set up so where you can work in a guy like Rodas Johnson, who who saw a lot more playing time this past year, made some nice plays. He's going to probably be a starter. But then you kind of backfill everything. Everybody bumps up a little, 
little bit. So Isaac Townsend, who saw a little more playing time as the season went on, mm-hmm. uh, he kind of earned snaps later in the year. He bumps up. James Thompson Jr. saw a little bit of playing time. Probably wished he would have, he would have saw a little bit more at times. I'm I'm sure at least from his perspective, um, he he bumps up. I'm interested to see, like you mentioned, Kay McDonald, but even a guy like Mike Jarvis, who yeah. who enrolled early this past uh, year, went through spring, was on the scout team, but then the second spring, I know Jake Ferguson mentioned that that set, that you going through your first spring or your second spring is really a huge point. Maybe Mike Jarvis is a guy who can make a nice leap as well as he adds weight to his frame. So, and then there's Curtis Neal. How does he come in and and, and factor into things? Can he is he healthy enough? To, to get some snaps, play maybe in four games and uh, cut his teeth in that nose tackle position because with Bryson Williams gone, you don't necessarily have a true nose tackle other than Benton. Um, I know Gio Piaz has worked in there. Um, maybe Piaz is, is next up, which would make a ton of sense. And, and Curtis Neal is, is uh, waiting in the wings or if he's not quite healthy. But I think Wisconsin's in a, in a, in a decent spot here defensive line-wise, and I, I don't think there should be a drop-off too much. I think Matt Henningsen really talented. Um, but I just think the fact that they can rotate guys in now, which is totally different than what we've seen in the past five years or so, um, gives them a, a total diff- totally different dimension um, to help out. And, and really, it makes it so that those outside linebackers, inside linebackers can flow a little bit freer because of what these guys can do up front. Yeah, yeah I think this group is going to be really exciting to watch for. And, and really, when you've got guys like Keanu Ben again to start on, you, you've got a good spot. But I think there's plenty of talent around him and in that room uh, to, to really keep an eye on as we go into spring. And, and there's some guys that really, really working up the fold and I think will be exciting ones uh, to keep watching for as we build into next season, building the spring ball and off season. And then of course in the fall camp, that'll be a, a kind of a, a nice competition all over the defense. You know, that we kind of wrapped up the defense side of the ball. There's going to be competitions all over for, at every level which coming into last year you didn't necessarily have. This year you're going to have, um, you know, a situation where Jim Leonard is really going to be going through each position and, and probably got a couple battles in a couple different spots. So it's it's a different time for the Wisconsin football defense. You know, the last couple of years you just had dominating groups, and I still think this group will be very strong and, and very good, but there's more questions to answer. And, and these guys, the nice part about that is the competition will work itself out, and you're going to see, um, you know, a situation where camp is going to be very competitive um, for those playing spots, for those open spots, and should be a lot of fun to pay attention to. If you get to be a fly on the wall um, at spring and, and fall camp, that defense side of the football is really going to be uh, a fun one to watch for. Yeah, like I, I think that you kind of have a, a better understanding of what the the defense is going to be just based off of Jim Leonard still there. He he's not going to change a, a a ton just based off of that. I think personnel wise, they'll be fine, but. But really, this is this is an intriguing offseason at that defense um, because it the the uh, position battles can go a lot of different ways, which I think is exciting um, because you're going to have a lot of young guys who have come up in in some really talented recruiting classes going up against um, some some veterans who who have kind of waited their turn, and, and so I think that those battles are going to be a, a ton of fun to watch. All right, guys, that wraps up our football talk. So we'll go ahead and we'll get our ad reads out of the way, and then we'll get into the Wisconsin. Minnesota recap from this past weekend. All right, Wisconsin basketball picks up another big victory against Minnesota at home on Sunday afternoon. Um, kind of a weird game where it, it felt like Wisconsin was in a comfortable spot and then Minnesota would go on a couple runs and, and bring it back to closer. And then you, all of a sudden you looked up and, and you're coming down the final few minutes and it's a, you know, a tie game, one possession game throughout most of that. And 
we'll talk about it in a little bit here, but uh, an impressive final two minutes from Donna, Johnny Davis for sure. But um, he was really kind of the main storyline in this game, 16 points for him, 15 rebounds. So he was all over the court. Um, the final stretch, he just kind of had that mentality of, of I'm not going to lose this game. I'm going to take it over. Uh, but but other guys played really well uh, as well. Tyler Wall played really good on the inside. Brad Davison continues to have a hot hand shooting the ball. And I, I thought defensively, Wisconsin played a, a really nice game. Um, you know, you looked at the Nebraska game. That was just kind of a tune-up. Minnesota kind of in the same area for them uh, in terms of the conference. But it seems like they're building a little bit more under their new head coach. And, and they've got some really talented players over there as well. So you knew it was going to be, it's a rivalry game. You knew it was going to be a tight contest, but I think Wisconsin really did a good job of taking care of business on the defensive end to help make up for sometimes some periods where Wisconsin offense kind of struggled. So overall, what were your kind of takeaways um, from this game and, and what do you think Wisconsin did well and, and what are you going to be looking for for them to kind of try and build on going into Illinois? Yeah, I mean, credit to Ben Johnson, their, their Minnesota's new head coach. I thought he actually did a, had to put in a good, nice scheme for, for everything. Looking at it, I mean, Johnny Davis had a guy on him at all times. Like even guys would drive right past defender would not move from sticking on Johnny Davis. There was no help defense sagging from him. Instead, they shaded an extra defender his way throughout the game. You saw anytime he got by somebody with a first step, they were fouling. Like they were, they're just like, he is not going to get to the rim. Um, and, but I thought that really you look at it, Wisconsin starters stepped up, put together what they needed to do on the offensive end. Um, I, I think the, the main story for me was you saw, Minnesota would go on runs when, when Tyler Wall was on the bench with fouls. Mm-hmm. Like he went to, I know that Wall started off a little rough with a couple turnovers, but then from there, he put together a really nice game and, and every time that he would get in foul trouble and come off the court and, and they had to bring in, um, you know, reserves to take his spot, you saw Minnesota go on runs, but I know that this game was close throughout, but Minnesota only had one lead. And that, and that was at like the 17 minute mark of the first half. So like since that point, Wisconsin led basically throughout. So, um, Wisconsin got it up to 10 with like nine minutes, um, in, in the first, but, but really I, I think that Wisconsin did enough to win this game and it's a grinder in the Big Ten play and, and teams are, especially Big Ten teams that you are familiar with, they know what to do to try to slow you down a little bit. And it's about kind of making those adjustments. I thought Johnny Davis did that. Um, I thought Stephen Crowell continues to to look at. I just want him to hunt his shot more. Um, he, he's shooting above fifty percent in like every game um, here recently, but he he still is is uh, a little hesitant at times um, when he gets the ball in the post. And he's 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 great at finding the open guy um, and being deliberate with the ball. But I just you'd like to see him instead of shooting the ball six times, maybe closer to that eight nine, ten mark, because I, I just think he gives them something both inside and outside that they just don't necessarily have um, elsewhere and definitely don't have on their bench. So um, I think that would be one one hope from this group is just Crowell continues to, to be aggressive there because he, he put together a really nice game. I, I think uh, it was really funny. One At one point, their entire bench was screaming because Crowell got the ball in the post. Um, and they were yelling, right, right, like that he was going to go right. He turned over his left shoulder and just hit a little baby hook. And I was like, oh, that is pretty because um, everybody was tell- thought he was going the other way and he just drilled it the other side. So I think overall it's a lot of the same for the Badgers team. Like the bench wasn't really there for them. I thought Bowman put together five points, but he kind of an up and down performance. But um, the starters did enough to win. 
Yeah, yeah, I, they they certainly did. I, I think you're. Uh, I mean, now it's it's kind of a main theme of this team is that sometimes the bench production just isn't going to be there. I think Jacoby Neath was really the only guy that that was in there, and 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 Laura Bowman as well as you just mentioned were the two guys that kind of gave you a little bit, but still not as much you probably want to see from the bench. But that's a that's a, an okay situation as long as the starters are giving you you know solid minutes, and for the most part, this entire group did. I mean, once again, you're seeing Chucky Hepburn playing. Phenomenal on the defensive end, also knocking down some shots. Um, you know, Wall was was really good when he was in there. I know he had some foul troubles, and, and that kind of brings it to Stephen Crowell, especially I, I agree with you. I think he needs to look to be a little bit more aggressive and and try to find his shot and, and, and play through him because especially when Tyler Wall is out, if he's on the bench you know, just getting a rest or, or in a foul trouble situation, It'd be nice to be able to still play through Crowell, and they certainly do at times, but I think he could certainly look at that and go, hey, here's my opportunity where they can play through me and I can be aggressive. It seems like sometimes he can be so passive, and it's it's just maybe it's just a, a young kid playing like, you know, high-level minutes early in his career, but I think he could be a guy that really all of a sudden, if he turns that aggressive page and, and really tries to, to take over a game, he certainly could because he's got the inside presence with his height. I know – he maybe needs to be a little bit stronger on, at times, depending on which big he's going up against the Big Ten. But he's also got that outside shot that he can really knock down. So I, I agree with you. I think he's got a situation where he could be a little bit more aggressive, but the other guys around him are playing extremely well. Wall played well. Johnny Davis was just dominant. We, you know, the last couple games, he's been such a focus for the opposing defenses that he's got his. He's got his in terms of points, but he hasn't necessarily been able to, to get loose and do everything the way he did last night. I mean, Minnesota had a great game plan for him, and he still finished with the double-doubles. So you're just seeing that he's just a really talented player. And then Brad Davison continues to be a guy that I think is, is playing some of the best basketball of his career. I mean, he's knocking down shots consistently. Uh, you know, that would have been kind of the trouble over the course of his five, six-year career now is that he's been a guy that sometimes would get streaky shooting the ball where all of a sudden he'd be knocking down left and right, and then sometimes he'd be – just completely off, and, and right now he seems to have the consistent shot. He's playing well. He's being a leader for this team, and, and I think this team continues to be in a good spot. So it's nice that they went and, and got two quality wins over teams that are kind of at the bottom of the conference of the Big Ten, and, and now you got to get ready for a uh, an, an Illinois team that will certainly bring a lot of challenges as well. So it's nice that they picked up those two Ws because – this is now where you get back into a little bit of a grind with the Big Ten schedule. I mean, every night is a grind. It's a tough league to win in, but to get those two wins that you had to take care of business is, is always great to see, and, and I'm glad Wisconsin didn't maybe trip or stumble in a game they should have won. Yeah, I mean, and, and you look at it, some some of the things that kind of helped seal the, the victory for the Badgers outside of that Johnny Davis performance that, uh, you know, just – Incredible those last two minutes, what he was able to do. But you look at it, Minnesota, one of the best in the country at, at not turning the ball over. They had 11 turnovers. Wisconsin turned that into 13 points. Um, Wisconsin turned the ball only seven at times, and Minnesota only managed four points of it. I mean, that's a nine-point swing, and in a six-point game, that's huge. Um, another one was, um, like, bench points were about the same as much as Wisconsin didn't really go to their bench. Uh, Minnesota didn't do much there either, but Wisconsin was plus eight in points from the paint as well. Um, and, and really fast break points, nothing different. Like this, this was a game that both teams played very similar field goal percentage, three point percentage, not a lot of difference, but Wisconsin did get to the free throw line six more times as well, which in, like I said, a, a close game, those little things kind of are the difference. And 
I thought Wisconsin once again figured out another way to win in a tough game um, against a, a, a border rival. I, I think it's it's the mark of a good team. They just continue to find ways to win. And, and I know people will say that Wisconsin's played too many close games, but that also says that they just know how to win games. Like they figure out ways and, and really just Johnny Davis putting on the afterburners late there. Um, you know, he had, he put together that, that pretty layup that he, through traffic, but then he got the offensive rebound on the, on the next offensive possession where he was able to hit a free throw. Um, got, got the big defensive rebound in traffic mm-hmm. as well. Hit a, hit a, hit a jumper, went to the free throw line again. Like it was based, it was just a, a personalized 6-0 run that put that game away. And, um, credit to him because you, you look at it and every big rebound they needed, every, every time they, they needed to wait points after he had been pretty quiet in the second half mm-hmm. for, for large chunks. Um, but he, he stepped up and, and just, took over and that's uh that's what the the national player of the year kind of should do and, and he did that and um I know Minister Ben Johnson mentioned that he was like yeah I mean that's what he can do he, he's just a tremendous player and um he can be quiet for a little bit and, and then all of a sudden he reminds you exactly who he is and um Johnny Davis I know a lot of people are saying that he's he, he might be a slump where he's not playing as well, but really I, he's playing just as good. Um, teams are just attacking him completely differently and he's adjusting and he's still playing well. Like he shot 50% from the floor, uh, got 15 rebounds. Like for a wing, a guy who's, you know, 6'4, six, 6'5 six, going out there and, and dropping 16, 15, that's really impressive in, in a, in a big 10 game. And, and I think that he, he's, he just continues to evolve. And I think that's a, that's that's telling about this team because they just find new ways to win in games that are going to be very different. And I think I'm very excited to see that Illinois game upcoming because I think that's going to be a really big test for this team. And really, they've only lost one game this year when they're at full strength. And this will be another game where, as of now, they're at full strength and, and hopefully they can uh, can leave Champagne with a W. Yeah, full strength on the road should be a really fun contest for that one. Wisconsin, of course, playing well, but uh, this will be a, a tough little test here. You've got Illinois, and then you've got Penn State, and then you know right at what it right again. You know the following week you've got Michigan State again. So now now they enter into another tough little stretch, and we'll see how the Badgers can come out of it. But right now, you know, found a way to win uh, against a team like Minnesota, and and that's all you can really ask for. So we'll um, certainly turn our attention now to Illinois, and that will be on Wednesday night. In Champaign, tip time is set for 8 p.m. Central, and that will be on Big Ten Network. So make sure you guys tune into that one. We'll be back with you on Thursday morning to recap and talk about any other news and, of course, recap what should be hopefully an exciting uh, contest with Wisconsin in Champaign. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We'll be with you later in the week on Wisconsin.